everybody. Welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm James. I'm Cleo. And I'm Justin. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about Danganronpa Trigger Happy Havoc, which is a, uh, a game originally published for the PlayStation Portable, since ported to the PlayStation Vita. Uh, and if you're super lucky and in Japan, available on iOS, uh, developed by Spike Chunsoft. They're a super cool developer. Everyone should buy their games, so they make more of the games that I really want. <laughs> which they even say in this game. Yeah. So, the very quick high-level version of Danganronpa is you've got this high school, um, in the English translation, Hope's Peak Academy. Um, I don't remember what it's called in the Japanese version. Um, where all of the students are the ultimate at whatever it is that they do. And your character, uh, Makoto Naegi, comes in as the ultimate lucky student where every in every class there's an ultimate lucky student who is chosen by lottery so no special skills necessarily to join each class and on the first day of school in makoto's first year he arrives at the school and passes out wakes up later in a classroom finds the other students in his year and they've all been locked into the school and they promptly meet the game's antagonist monokuma who is a small, half-black, half-white robotic bear. Who... Who I love. Oh, who is amazing. Um, so fantastically, just, like, absurdly a mascot, and just embraces everything about that. It's great. Um, so Monokuma makes the announcement that these students all need to live together in this school. They're locked in. They can't get out. All the windows are bolted over. Doors are shut. Um, and announces that they need to live there forever. And the only way that they can get out is if one of them can successfully kill one of the other students, at which point everyone will investigate the murder, a trial will be held, and if the murderer can get through this process without being caught, that one person is allowed to leave. Called graduating. Exactly. That one person is allowed to graduate and everyone else is executed. However, if the rest of the class can successfully identify the murderer, the murderer is executed and life continues until the next murder occurs. So it fits in perfectly with our kids killing kids theme um, that we're going through right now. Yeah, really, really kind of standard story, classic thing, you know, retold over through, and over yeah. through the generations. Yeah, just some kids together, see how long it takes for them to kill each other off. Yeah, Homer very famously had his his stories about this. Yeah, I and mean, I guess we'll get to the way this interacts with our other selections in in our next episode but certainly right off the bat fairly unique premise i mean a lot of definitely a lot of similarities to the other things that we've done but there aren't a lot of games that work kind of like this i mean the moment to moment is stuff that you've seen other places kind of explicitly it's sure. um it's kind of a visual novel so very light on gameplay a lot of the time a lot of text a lot of just moving from one place to another to another and reading things and reading a story right the, the game the like the play itself is very phoenix right if i had to compare it to anything else really yeah yeah with just a hint of dating sim <laughs> oh yeah just thrown in yeah because you can't go without that no yeah for context phoenix right is a game where you are a uh, a lawyer and you go between two phases where you investigate a crime, you find evidence, and then you go to trial. It very, very literally exactly what you do in this game. Yeah. It That is, I think, not so subtly lifted directly from the Phoenix Wright games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Phoenix Wright as a series is pretty out there already. Yep. But I would say as if it were possible to 
go even more so this this I is mean, where it happens I, I think Danganronpa has proven it is possible yeah exactly <laughs> uh, I love this game it's I like I went into it fairly blind so did I I honestly I didn't even know it was about kids killing kids until James recommended like until we had this theme discussion and Danganronpa was like the thing like I straight up didn't even know that much yeah no I didn't I had never heard of it until James mentioned it and then all I knew going into playing it was that kids were going to kill kids at one point or another yep which is great I think that's the best way to go into it I went to it <laughs> I went into the first time I've I've played this game before and I've played its sequel I'm a really big fan of this developer um I don't think their games are perfect I think that they're the only ones doing anything remotely this weird which makes me so happy and it's just such a good weird it's super out there it's so weird my big thing with Danganronpa is that as much as I like this series it's not my favorite series from them I'm a big zero escape guy and I try to withhold the judgment that this is just not zero escape but my big thing is I like it a lot but I don't like it as much as I want to like it mm. I really want to love this game with like the passion that I have for 999 but I can't quite and we'll we'll get into some of that it's easier to get into that in the spoiler area sure sure um that said though it is the kind of game that i do like to recommend to people especially because my understanding is that danganronpa has well certainly has a cult following it's not you know it doesn't do big numbers it's not everywhere atlas uh, is the one who publishes it in the states and they know that they only need to sell it to you know a small group of people and make their money back and they do a great job of it but for whatever reason i think that danganronpa has a much bigger following than zero escape which makes me kind of sad because i fall into the other camp but uh it's very much a cult following it's very much a following that like is really passionate about it but i think that the vast majority of people are going to be going into this totally blind and i think it's a really fun way to do it yeah i mean i played 999 um so i was a little bit prepared for what this is going to be like some i mean like the general gist of it like the visual novel i, I do a lot of visual novel stuff but yeah, how would you? I mean, I guess we'll yeah we'll go into that later. I mean, because I, I found that about nine 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 through Tumblr. I feel like there were people. I just one day went on Tumblr and it was nothing but nine 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 fan art. Like nice. someone just decided like it's time for this, and so I was like, <laughs> okay, well now I have to find out what this is. And I played it on the on iOS. Yeah. And do play nine nine nine. I'll yeah. I'll say that if I can use this as a vehicle to push sales for nine 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 just to make more zero escape games happen, I'm not proud. I'll do it. <laughs> But I had never played, like, any of the Phoenix Wright games. Like, I knew, I heard a lot of people talking about it. I think now, like, one thing that this has succeeded, I'm, like, I'm about to go out and play the second Danganronpa now just because I've, when I consume media, when I get us, when I get started, it kind of just snowballs and I become uh -huh. an obsessed maniac and I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about, like, no, you should, <laughs> after I finish, for example, after I finished the third Mass Effect and I couldn't sleep for a week, I got, like, violently ill. <laughs> I couldn't sleep or do anything. And I'm starting to feel this happen with Danganronpa because I played through it in maybe a week, like I, about a week's time, and I would play it like right before going to sleep, and so I'd have Danganronpa dreams at night, which uh -huh. obviously just full of Monokuma. It's full, yeah, it's just full of like Monokuma and like murder scenes. Um, but it's, I don't know, I, it's 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 both lighthearted and dark in tone. Yeah, um, definitely kind of goes back and forth a little bit. This game is all over the place yeah yep so like, as soon as you kind of feel like oh i understand what this game's about now i kind of can understand what the tra trajectory is going to be like potentially uh what the emotional arc is going to be and blah 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 and a new chapter comes 
and your expectations are just melted away because you just don't know anything anymore. The world that you thought you knew is not what you thought it was. Yeah. It's this this game is like so decidedly Japanese. <laughs> it's in in like yeah. every possible way. Like you start right in the beginning and we had we had talked about this earlier, right? That the it starts very dark and kind of menacing and, and troubling, but in the way that media from Japan is those things. Like very much the way that um Battle Royale was. And then it just shifts 180 degrees <laughs> into like the pure like crazy weirdness that again is just like so traditionally japanese in the way these games do things and it's it's fascinating to me to see it be so like to be able to be two like wildly different things over the course of one game that are still so like just chunsoft yeah yeah i think that that's that's one of the things that I have a few issues with. I maybe not issues, but that I struggle with a little bit in liking the first game as much as I want to. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the the things with these series specifically from Spike Chunsoft is that they seem to have this tendency to do something really weird and cool in their first game, and then polish out some of the parts that make it particularly cool, but make a much better experience in the second one. I think it happens with 999 and Virtue's Last Reward, and I think it happens here with Danganronpa 1 into Danganronpa 2, where uh, Danganronpa 2 isn't quite as all over the place with its tones, uh, which I think makes it feel a lot more consistent. Because I know, at least for me, spoilers being set aside, that Chapter 3 is a real just 180-degree turn and... I have a hard time reconciling like that tone before chapter three with the tone during chapter three with the tone after chapter three, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird for me. That said, though, I do really like the game and it's things like that. And it's I think that's the big thing for me is I feel here I stumble a little bit more. Um, it is really cool that it works as each of those things. I don't necessarily think it works as all of them together, but I do think that it's really cool that it just goes from one to the next. and You're just like. Yep, this is what's happening now. Just accept it. Yeah. I think one of the major hints that maybe the game is going to go, like, I mean, that the the wackiness factor of the game comes from just the characters in and of themselves. Like, how many students did we start off with again? 15. 15. 15, 16. 15. 15. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so there's, like, the ultimate programmer, Chihiro, and then the ultimate gambler, Celeste, and, like, people, like, there's, like, the ultimate... Sakura is like a fighter of some sort, like a mixed martial yeah, artist. Yeah, like a martial artist. And so there's people who are like really strong, athletic, people who are like really smart and good at what they're doing. There's Hifumi who's like the, a fan fiction. Okay, yeah. in, in, the English translation was that he was a fanfic author. I think in the Japanese he's like a, he's an artist. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be like a, I mean a doujin author, I'm, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Yeah. Which That's is just, like. in the U.S., fanfic is this thing that isn't really marketable or other, it's it's still a niche, but in Japan, like the the dojo market is like insane. Yeah, so it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. A little lost in translation there. Was like, why would you have? Because there's also the ultimate literary. There's uh, Toko, who's yeah, like a novelist. Yeah, yeah and she's like very famous. Writer. She like writes romance novels, and then you have like the fan fiction writer next to it. But again, like you have characters who seem like they could they could have been plucked out of other games or like anime or something mm-hmm. but in all from like very different genres like even their art style 
of like Hifumi compared to like Celeste, for instance. Yes, Very true. different. Because um, Hifumi is like a parody of a like a major nerd. I, I don't know, like of a Just weird, like a chubby, perverted nerd. Yeah. Guy, yeah. Uh, fun fact: Spike Chunsoft has said that uh, Hifumi is literally the way that they imagine their fans. <laughs> That's flattering. I know. Right? Like, yeah, this is basically the person we imagine playing our games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, great. I feel great about myself now. Um, but yeah, well, I, well, I like. I mean, the characters are one of the most attractive things about this game, right? Is that you have this wide variety of personalities and yeah, I like the character so much. Test. I have my hair done like one of them right now. Who do I look like guys? All right. So since our listeners can't see me, I have a single braid on the left side of my head. Um, I don't have the cool ribbon though. Sayaka? Not Sayaka. Yeah. The, uh, uh, white haired, uh, Oh my god, Kyoko, there we go. Oh. I dress I put my hair like her and I already can't remember her name again. <laughs> um But I mean yeah, I mean it would be really impressive if I could do my hair like Celeste, who has just basically two giant curls on either side that are bigger than her entire body. Yeah. yeah. No, it's um just Yeah, the character design in this is pretty extreme. Like there's no 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 subtlety Mm-mm. whatsoever. Oh, none Except for like with Makoto. Makoto looks like he could be picked up like ordinary guy from any anime. Right. Which I guess is the point, Which right? Which is yeah. definitely the point, because, yeah, he's the one who doesn't have any ultimate skill. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely get it right away. They do a really good job with the little things. You know, the, the things like that, where it's 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 very tropey, but it also, I mean, that's the point. Like, that's what you, that's what you've signed up for yeah. when you, when you come into this, and they, they nail that. I, I think now is probably just the time to dive. Yeah, we gotta get into spoilers. It. Uh, get into the meat of this discussion. So for this break, um, just a reminder, we're doing episodes every two weeks now. So won't be an episode next week, but the week after that, you're going to have our just wrap up kids killing kids discussion, which we were talking about before we recorded. We're very excited to, to get to that. (laughs) These three things together is going to be a lot of fun. Um, so definitely stay tuned for that. Uh, for our next series of episodes, we're doing Raygun Gothic for our te- for our theme. Um, keeping in mind our read, we're going to be doing Gernsback Continuum by Gibson, uh, which is a short story. And we're actually um, announcing now we're also going to be doing another book in addition to that. Um, we weren't sure that Continuum would be lead to enough conversation to fill the whole podcast. We'd like to keep it in since it is where the term Raygun Gothic gets coined. But so we're going to do... A story in addition to that. Would you like to intro that, Claire? Yeah. So the other one that the book that we're going to be talking about, in addition to the short story, is Radiance by, and I think you pronounce her name Catherine Valent. Um, she I read Deathless by her, and it was really good. She like is very poetic in her language, and it's supposed to be. Someone described it as like art art deco punk kind of raygun gothicy because it takes place. Um, in kind of a classic sci-fi universe where all the planets are inhabited and it's all about like silent film and stuff. So it just sounded really cool. It sounded like it fit the theme. Um, and then we'll be playing fallout four, which is the ray gun Gothic game. Really? Yeah. The biggie. Yep. Um, so I think that should be a lot of fun. We got a lot of fun stuff for the docket. Uh, keeping in mind game is fallout four books are Gernsback continuum by Gibson and Radiance by 
Catherine, Catherine Valent. Um, and, and then our film is going to be Zathura. Yes. Um, which so, we can enter later. Yeah. So definitely stay tuned for those. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to get into Radiance now that we've got that on here. And very, very excited to have an excuse to play Fallout 4. Um, so definitely come back for all of those. And again, two weeks from now, summary episode for Kids Killing Kids. If you've made it this far, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But for now... Let's go nuts with Danganronpa. All right. Okay, so first question off the back, I'm going to jump like way, I'm going to jump to the end-ish. Did either of you guys get the bad ending your first time through? I didn't know there was a bad ending. Okay. I mean, the thing is, it's it's a non-ending because I didn't, but if you get it, I think you jump back to the beginning of the trial. Yeah, or like somewhere in the middle of it. Yeah, Um, yeah. I don't remember what the first one I got was. What was the trigger for that? Is it... So in chapter five, uh, is it what you do with? It's when um, Kyoko lies. Yeah. So like if she when she lies, you have the option of calling her out on it or not. If you call her out on it, then that trial leads to her being punished. For, yeah, Kyoko like just gets ends executed. With, yeah, it ends of, with her. Does execution. she actually get executed? Yes. So Alter she, Ego doesn't save her. Right. She actually gets executed. Alter Ego, why do you suck? I mean, just, yeah, that's the weird thing. Uh, but I, I mean, they just wanted a reason to create it. And so like Alter Ego doesn't jump in. Uh, she actually gets executed. And then uh, Byakuya, uh, Makoto, Hina? Yeah, Hina. Right? Yeah. Hina, Toko, and Hiro. Just, it, it just ends. Nobody else kills anybody else. They live out the rest of their lives there. Hina has like all of Hina has everybody's kids. I remember that. What? Yeah, that's super weird. What? Because there's the awkward thing where what's Hero makes that prediction, right? Did you have that interaction with him? No, I so, didn't like him, so I didn't talk to him like ever. I interacted with him a couple times, and one of the the first or second time, uh, he he like offers you a trial prediction, which apparently oh, still yeah. costs a thousand dollars. But and he makes he, you pay him back. And he predicts that there is a 20 – he says he's he's like 20 – there's a 20% chance of his predictions coming true. And his prediction is that you and he will have – like the same woman will mother both of your children. And you're like, what? That's fucking ridiculous. It's insane. The bad ending is that happens. And I think Toko still has Byakuya's kids if they if anything happens. Oh, but it's like Hina is like pregnant and also there's like – she's like holding a baby and there's like another like two young children in this like group picture you get as the bad ending, which is like Byakuya, Toku, uh, Toko, Hina, Makoto, and Hiro just like all hanging out. That sucks. Yeah, yeah so that's weird. the bad ending. It's that's just very like bad ends. ending. They just live out the rest of their lives there. They have kids. It's oh yeah, yeah. But that's all you get out of it. Like uh, Makoto just sort of like um, speechifies, right? He just has like a short soliloquy about like, and this is what happened. You know, Hope died, and we just could, yeah. lived out the rest of our lives here, and that was awful. It's just like, wait, no, 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 that can't happen. And then it just like jumps back into the trial, and you. You choose the alternate option, which is the right option, and then you continue through chapter six. Oh. But, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just... glad I didn't get that ending. I'm <laughs> glad that I trusted Kyoko. <laughs> yeah, they do, a, they do a good job of when you get it, it just bounces you back. It's not like, oh, and that's the end, and you yeah, didn't and then realize the that there was another ending. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, no, no, no. It, it's more like Prince of Persia. It's like, oh, no, that's not how it happens. You yeah. just go back. Could you imagine if it was nine 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 esque in that way, where like you get that—that's the actual ending—and if you play the entire game again, oh get God. to the end, make the alternate choice so that you can 
Yeah. Or that you you can only get that ending the first time through. That would be real nine 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 fashion. Yes, like the first time through, you can only get that option because you will. You, it's impossible for whatever reason to find the evidence that she's not lying. Yeah, so it's not even a choice. Either. And then the second time you play the game, you can actually continue playing. Yeah, that would. I would like love and hate Chunsoft for that so much. Yeah. So I mean, of course, nine 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 is intentionally much shorter. So you can... yeah, I mean, you can get through that whole game in a couple hours. Yeah. Uh, Danganronpa takes about twenty. Yeah, Danganronpa is notably longer. Sorry, I'm like, uh, I just like went off to my thousand yard stare for a second, remembering my Danganronpa experience. Um, well, speaking of, I mean, the characters who survive, were there, what, what, what was the, or which was the character that you felt the saddest to go when they died? If they, if they did get killed, I mean, if they survived, good for you. Probably <laughs> Sakura. Yeah. yeah. I think, and I think that that's intentional. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Sucker's the only one that everybody would kind of feel bad about. Like, everybody else that dies, they, like, kind of do it to themselves, almost. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had the experience of, I think, what was it, Chapter 2, yeah? Yeah, I think where, that that's the other big one. Yeah, because I was, I was like, okay, I was trying to think about this. Like, who can I get attached to? Who do I feel like might survive? Or who seems like they're not an asshole. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start talking to Chihiro and oh, Mondo. Yeah. And it, like that was like during that cycle, all I did was talk to Chihiro and Mondo. I was like, these are my... I didn't talk to Chihiro at all. I was like, these are my people now. And like one of them will like live, right? And then instantly Chihiro's both killed. And then <laughs> and Mondo's was... the one who fucking yeah. killed her. <laughs> and I was not okay with that. I was like, I just like lost the only two people who I had really bonded with. Because the other person I had bonded with was Sayaka, who also, you know, died in the first chapter. Yeah, right. Yeah, they forced that on you. They're like, look at this honest, sweet girl who just, you went to school with her. Well, they, she, yeah. It's great, and you're going to bond with her. And they even and say, like, why don't you start off with her, bonding with her? Like, this is your free time. Why don't you use it by, like, talking to someone? She's a good choice. Yeah, and when that happened, I was like, oh, fuck you, Jason. <laughs> I know what you're doing. What do you think about the choice of doing pink blood instead of red blood? Because I know some people were like, oh, it should have been gory, or it should have been, like, red blood to kind of, like, accentuate how grotesque it is. I, I like the pink I, blood. I, I thought it was a good stylistic choice. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's an interesting stylistic choice, and it doesn't really change anything. Like, you're looking at a cartoon. Yeah. It does not matter that much if the blood is red or pink. You know exactly what it is. With the wacky tone of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the big thing, is at the beginning, when it's all very bleak and dark and very menacing, it feels like a weird choice, because you haven't really gotten to the point where the game gets real gonzo yet. I mean, you've got... You have Monokuma, who is a topic unto himself, but (laughs) who is... Pretty gonzo just in his own right, but it's not it's not quite like later when especially as you like find more rooms and you explore the school more and you've got like kinda like the weird almost elevator music kinda going the whole oh my time. God. And it yep. gets kinda the jazzy. Soundtrack. Monokuma's theme. <laughs> topic unto itself. Um, <laughs> and and like all the hallways are just like weird neon colors and the floors are different colors and there's yeah. like sections that it's I think that's and the you big walk thing. Is, so fast. Yeah. Give me a headache. Uh, and I don't get headaches from this kind of stuff. I yeah, this is one of those weird ones where just stylistically speaking, yeah, it's pretty easy to it's not easy on the eyes. Yeah. Like I ended up actually just having the map up the entire time I played and I would just focus on my triangle moving through the map instead of like on my view on the screen. Yeah, it can be very helpful. Yeah. But yeah, so I think that's the big thing is certainly as you go that stylistic choice and you see that the game is stylistically a certain way overall. Um, that pink blood choice I think makes more and more sense as you go. But yeah, I oh, yeah. I liked it a lot though. I think it's a good. I think it was a very good choice. 
Yeah, I mean, there's so much about this game that's just so weird. Just and literally I'm, I'm really glad I knew nothing about it going into it, because it just makes it all the more weird. Alright, so, alright, I only got two questions to post to you guys. The first is, um, what was your favorite case? Just individual chapter. Oh. Uh, for the actual, like, mystery-solving trial gameplay, or just the best, like, story under that chapter itself? Uh, I mean, I guess you can say both if they are different. Hmm. Like, I mean, I guess for me the most, I, I, I'm focus more on the, like the most interesting case hmm. of them, which I think is like kind of tied between the first one for the novel experience of it all. Yeah. Just, you haven't done it yet. Right. And the third one, because it was, even though it was the most ridiculous and that's when the game takes the turn, it's like also the most convoluted that didn't make itself like readily apparent at, at like every turn. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a good point. I would argue like, Gameplay-wise, it's probably the third, which is really hard for me to say because story-wise, that is where, like, that's a big stumbling block for me in the game. Yeah. Like, it, yeah. uh, the third chapter is just where this game really starts getting way out there. And it really is like a... Robo-justice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's it's very much like a door-in-the-face kind of thing yeah. where it's like, oh, man, it's like dark and bleak and dark and bleak and dark and bleak and sad and all these things. And then you hit chapter three and just out of nowhere, it is the weirdest stuff that you're going to get in the entire game. And then it kind of dials back down from that into something that seems a bit more manageable. Right. But it's still weird. Yeah, exactly. But that's the big one. Yeah. I, that's really hard. Cause I think that that's really what hurts the flow of the game most for me. But mm-hmm. I, I think I would agree as far as just like, there's twists. It's a well-structured case. You're finding clues. You're finding evidence. You're piecing together something. I mean, we, we talked a bit before we started recording about the fact that it in that chapter four, when it's kind of the, the closed room suicide, like it, it's not that hard to tell going into it that. Yeah. The, the, ex- right, the exact details were, you know, convoluted and figuring that out was okay. But like yeah. you knew from the beginning that yeah, Sakura yeah. had taken poison. Like that was just. I think some of the twists and turns within that case, even knowing that that was going to be the final outcome, were pretty good though. Yeah. Like with Hina saying like, no, I did it. Like why is she saying that? I mean, it's pretty easy to guess. It's because she's like flipping out because mm-hmm. her best friend just got killed yeah. or killed herself. Yeah. yeah but, and uh, everyone, like you get like three or four confessions over the course of that case because everyone thinks that they, they killed, killed her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, well, I guess this might this might be a good time to talk about some problematic depictions of characters, and there are several. And there are several. I want to start with Chihiro, <laughs> just because yeah. it's something that that was yeah. one of the earlier ones where I was like, okay. Um, so the gist of it is, in case you need a refresher or you haven't played it and you're listening for some reason, God, why aren't you playing a game? Um, this really hard to get game. <laughs> that was the worst thing when we were picking this. I was like, oh man. This is the game where the like the only real way to play it in English is on Vita. the Vita, which I love, but is just it's an extremely impractical system. <laughs> yep, it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, but Chihiro is basically. Um, I mean, she looks like a small, like blonde girl in a schoolgirl uniform, um, and her is the second case, right? She's the second case. She gets yeah. killed, and yeah. she's the second. So she's she gets killed and strung up. Um, and when they examine the whole body, they discover that she is male, like, biologically. And 
the storyline of like why she decided to it was like she's not god i don't even know how to describe this but it's weird it's it's problematic it's it's problematic yeah Yeah, it's not i mean it's not handled in the way i mean especially in the way people would kind of expect it to be handled in the here and now yeah yeah and i I think a lot of that has to do with the game being older it is an older game and it is what year is this game i i don't remember the original year of publication but it's it took a while for it to come stateside okay um yeah i I want to say it was like somewhere because it was is it older than 999 I don't remember. I know. I think nine 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 must have come first. I don't know. This is just something that we're going to be get, making guesses about. It yeah, too. let's let's actually get an answer for this. Um, but yes, it is an older game, and I. It's kind of hard to say. It is also worth pointing out. It's it is an older game, and it is a Japanese game. Yeah, and Japanese games tend to handle this poorly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone is improving at this point, you're just worldwide. But yeah, it's certainly kind of different standards in different places for what. So basically what Chihiro's backstory is, is that when, she, like, before she was presenting as a f- girl, she he was a boy who didn't feel like he was strong enough, and because and he was, like, he was emotionally not very strong, physically not very strong, and that caused him a lot of distress, and his other classmates would make fun of him, so he decided, okay, how can I make it okay for me to be as weak as I am? Oh, what's who's weaker than boys, girls? So I'll just start uh, dressing a like girl. a girl, being a girl, because it's okay for girls to be weak. Um, and then while in the school, um, sh- she goes and talks to Mondo, who's like the biker rebel. He's like the ultimate biker gang leader. Yeah. Um, who he's also like one of my favorite characters. <laughs> Mondo is great. Yeah, yeah. Mondo, his hair is fucking you ridiculous. Emulate anybody's hair. Oh my yeah, god. Mondo's. I, if I could have gotten my hair like Mondo's, no, I would never <laughs> do that. But incredible. Like, gravity-defying greatness. But, and he, like, she and Chihiro confides in Mondo, basically saying, I want to be stronger so I can start presenting as a male again, basically, right? That seems to be the gist of it. And then Mondo takes the opportunity to kill Chihiro at one point. Not because of that, but just because... Just because the opportunity pre- presents yeah. itself. Yeah, though, and... It part of I think what makes Mondo sort of interesting is he he does have a good like a strong I thought backstory yeah um and as part of the murder they point out that it's kind of a moment in which he loses control he doesn't seem to have any actual memory of doing it he's I think one of the things that's really nice about this is that you the the two backstories kind of parallel each other up until the point where each of them kind of makes one of two decisions on how to deal with the fact that they think of themselves as a weak person um, with Mondo's being to just present as super masculine and manly and just kind of fake it till he makes it effectively. Yeah. Um, And that seeing Chihiro resolve to actually take steps to get what it to, to change the way that her life works um, to be the kind of person that she wants to be is like makes him angry. And then he kind of just blacks out and finds that he has murdered her, um, which is kind of weird. And obviously like doesn't excuse things, but it's makes, I think it makes for a really interesting point, like with those two characters um, that I thought was well done. And what I think it makes that case, one of the better just through lines. Cause the first one is really just 
it's the first case and someone wanted to get out. So yep. yeah. she tried to kill somebody. Um, and this one was really the first one where it feels like there's a good story to it as opposed to just here's what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, And he um, also tried to keep Chihiro's secret even after yep. she, he killed yeah. her. Because you don't even find out until the middle of the trial, right? Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, he switches things up with the crime scene so that it she looks like she's discovered in the um, girls' locker room yeah. instead. Because getting into the boys' locker room would mean that she was a boy. Right. And, and then... Biakia, like I would like that case more if Biakia hadn't been like, oh yeah, that the rest of that was me. Yeah, Biakia. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of like one. I already hate. I just hate that guy. I hate hate him so much. Entire game. So mad that he fucking lived till the end. So am I. The people, most of the people I hated lived until the very end. Actually, everyone I hated lived until the end. I think that's very intentional. Yeah, I know. It's kind of like I didn't hate Hina. Oh, I didn't hate Hina. I love Hina. Yeah, sorry. I guess it's not so much that everyone who survives to the end is awful. Okay. It's that just all the awful people do survive, except for um, Hifumi. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. True. Oh my I god. Argue, I mean, lived... I argue he hero isn't that hero. awful. Like he's not. He's. I mean, I don't like him as a character. A, just... But he's like not awful as like a person. He's just he's like, a little bit awful. He's awful. Yeah, maybe and so we call Sakura like ogre. Like and he did. That's, that's like true. his nickname for her, and he's also just like fucking dumbass and a waste of space. But well, now you sound like Byakuya. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> he's rubbing <laughs> off on me. I had to, and at the end when everyone else was dead and I'd gotten all the other skills, he was the only person left to hang out with. So yeah. I was like, all right, let's go. Like, have you berate me and call me a peasant? Fun fact: Guess who's in two? Oh God! No. God damn it! Fuck. Uh, actually, though, genuinely really good in two. Because then there's... It, who else returns for two? Just... Byakuya, it, a few of the other characters who survive make, like, cameo appearances. Byakuya is in it uh, in a more major way. Okay. Um, and are you... Is the player character Makoto again? No, or? the player character is someone new. I assumed as much. Um, yeah. Also, speaking of problematic things, Byakuya and Toko's relationship is so fucked up. That every time... Oh, my God. It's, that one... It's like a... This, like, really interesting... Like depiction of a a couple where one side completely and totally understands what it means to be in a dom sub relationship, and the other side has no fucking clue what's going on yeah. and is very annoyed by the entire thing. It, I will say, the one thing I, I definitely like it's not a healthy relationship at all, <laughs> and it's definitely played for laughs, and you can you can decide where you fall on whether or not that's done tastefully. Sure, um, I mean. Nothing about this game is necessarily tasteful. <laughs> Let's say that tasteful is the wrong word. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of okay with nothing in the game being tasteful, right? It's, yeah. it, it makes it easier for all of it to be the way it is. Because if, yeah. if most of the game was, like, well-handled and very tasteful, <laughs> and then you just had, like, uh, Byakuya and Toko's relationship and, like, Chihiro's situation, it would be – those would be, like, bitter pills to swallow as opposed to – sort of understanding that they're part of this whole product that's yeah, kind of... Yeah, I mean, this is a game that doesn't shy away from, like, the low angle up a girl's skirt, kind of, while, yep. like, Kyoko is investigating a scene or Hina is, like, doing something. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're climbing the ladder. Yeah, the they're climbing yeah. the ladder. I that it was, was a yeah. very explicit screenshot. Or, um, like, well, we... It, we know. We, uh, Genocide Jill's constant jokes about Hina. Oh, my God, yeah. Oh, yeah. Her, oh my God. It... You know, and so it's that kind of thing. It's very, it's very, I, I hate this term, but it, it gets the point. It's very, like, low art, right? Like, it's, 
which is totally fine. And I don't mean that in yeah. any way to be derogatory because the best thing is you get this very explicit sense that that's the point. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is not by accident. This is very much by design and they embrace it. It's totally. self-aware. Yeah. That's oh. the thing. It's, it's meta and it's a, par- it's almost a parody of low so art. Right? Much. So, yes. which is what makes it, which is, I think the thing that makes it very appealing as that, um, before we get too far away from like the weird fan servicey stuff, as you go through school mode, um, which is like a weird kind of tacked on thing that you can do at the end. Um, your reward for reaching like the max relationship with everyone is their underwear. <laughs> Everyone's underwear, right? Everyone's yeah, underwear. Oh, because I really want Byakuya's fucking underwear or I, Fumi's. I think that Byakuya wears a thong. Oh my god, I would be surprised. A, it's it's just a little pixelated like eight bit version of it. Like, oh, it's like the presents. Yeah, exactly. Okay. You get it as a present, like okay. as like oh yeah, you reach like oh my the god, max please don't. But can you give it to other people? Oh, you might be able to. I haven't tried. It'd be amazing. Can you imagine like to... your relationship and you give Toko Biakuya's underwear? Oh my god! Oh god! I wonder if there's a special line. <laughs> Does she die? Does she just have a heart attack and die? I okay. Yeah, Toko. She you know when she starts out, she's she's always an asshole throughout the entire thing, right? Yeah. But when genocide, when like her split personality and her other half, genocide Jill, comes into light, first of all, that tongue. Oh it's, like my the god. one just thing all the time. It's like the one thing that you know, like you know. It's Genocide Jill when that tongue is just hanging out, doing crazy things. I just love when she pulls her scissors out. Oh, my God. In a game filled with, like, weird, creepy shit, that tongue (laughs) might be the the weirdest, creepiest thing. Oh, God, Genocide Jill. Like, I uh, – she's just – there's a lot of, like, multiple personality stuff going – like, Junko at the end, real Junko. Yeah, I would say, like, real Junko is arguably the creepiest thing in the game because she has, like – four or five distinct like ways she acts i wouldn't say that they're all they're not like distinct personalities they're like attitudes but just that yeah she like sort of shifts between different like ways of presenting how she's like presenting herself based on like what she's trying to do and how she's trying to manipulate the people around her did you guys do the japanese or english language i did the english yeah i did too I ended up doing both. I uh, the the first time I played it, I went through the first half in English, and then when I realized that um, they didn't actually like read the majority of the lines, and it's generally it's kind of a a dozen, two dozen, like it's it's a good number of sort of canned responses that give you the gist of each line. Yeah. Um, I switched over to the Japanese about halfway through, just in part for the sake of hearing both. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just because I mean, traditionally. Uh, Japanese voice tracks for a game like this tend to be better or at least give you a good intention of what the a good sense of what the original intention was. Right. Um I think that the anime it sounded to me like it was the same voice actors. I believe it was. Almost all Mon- of them. Monokuma sounded the exact the same. Monokuma is so cute in Japanese. Like, oh yeah. His yeah, Japanese yeah. voice is so fucking adorable. But there's gonna be they're doing another anime series that takes place after Danganronpa two. Um, which is going to be a completely different storyline, I believe, from what it sounded like. From what Wikipedia led me to believe, uh, it's going to be its own kind of storyline. Right. While we're on that, do we want to talk about just, like, this overarching story that, like, we get over the course of this game? Because that's, arguably, in a lot of ways, that's where, like, yeah, well, a lot of the fun comes in. So but... I guess the other question that I had been wondering about was basically that. Did either of you guys, like, pick up on that even a little bit? On what part? On, on, I mean, I guess of any of it, right? So, like, the, the end state of the game is that they, all right, so, I mean, we can go down the list, right? They, 
they were there for like a full year as regular students yeah before the tragedy happened and they agreed to have their memories wiped and and like live the rest of their lives in the school right um did you the time jump right the the fact that they had been there for longer than it appeared to be. Did any of you guys think that was coming? As soon as the first picture showed up, I figured that must be what was going on. Yeah, I... It's it's hard because I originally played this game a few years ago. Right. Um, so... There was that picture of Mondo yeah. and Chihiro and who else? Sayaka? No, somebody... No, Leon, Leon. Leon. Yeah, Hifumi's in... Hifumi's in the second one. Yeah. And you find it in a classroom, and yeah. yeah. I, I definitely remember the photos and finding those, certainly like going through the game again in preparation for this. But what's harder to say is I don't remember what things I guessed and what things I didn't the first time, because right. obviously the second time I knew. Makes sense. The big one that I had guessed was that ev- that all of it was being broadcast. Um, my assumption was very much, as you find all the cameras and stuff, yeah. that that was more than just Monokuma watching everybody, but that mm-hmm. this was like a some kind of a reality show situation. And I mean, let's be honest, as as all of our consumption of media involving kids killing kids has taught us, it must be broadcast to the world. Exactly. That's how it works. Um, yeah. So I had the... I mean, honestly, I wasn't trying to guess all that much at the overarching story. So, like, the idea of the broadcast, I hadn't really thought of. The pictures, I was pretty much 50-50 on assuming that there was more that we didn't know and just assuming that they were a red herring. Mm. And then I, so, I mean, I guess it's, it's harder to list off the other like complicated nature of it. It's like, cause nobody is going to predict that like there was a tragedy so bad that the world like basically came to an end. Yeah. Which is apparently what happened. Maybe. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, James is a little more informed than the rest of us cause he has played Danganronpa two and another episode. I've not played another episode. Um, I don't necessarily plan to everything. As much as I want the story from it, everything I've heard is that the game itself is not very fun and it yeah. takes a while to get through. <laughs> might just, uh, just read this. Yeah. I might need the cliff notes on that. Speaking of which, do you guys have any, I mean, mechanics of this game, right? I mean, pretty, about as well executed as they can be. I feel like I had some problems with like the class trial sometimes, like a logic yeah. didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Just like, it wasn't, even if you had a really good grasp on all the evidence, mm-hmm. sometimes, like, what, like, word bullet is supposed to go where seems kind of arbitrary. Like, yeah. it could be, like, anything. Well, the, the thing that I didn't, like, that I both liked and didn't like was, um, you know, the first couple of trials you can go through and you just pick the right word. By the way, I love that they're literal bullets. Oh, yeah. It's, it's like, truth bullets. It's just my favorite thing. It's amazing. Um but so the idea is like the first couple of trials you can go through and you pick the right one out of the options that you have and, and that's what you fire off, right? Um, but then later you get the ability to to take a phrase that somebody says over the course of that summary and turn that into a truth bullet that refutes an earlier argument. That's, so like you have yeah. to li- – it's like – it's interesting. It's like an interesting design choice, but it just doesn't work in a satisfying way at yeah. all. Not at all. Right? And so you, it makes you listen to a bunch of them twice through because you have to – you don't have a, a truth bullet that actually says the thing you need to say. And somebody else says it for you and you convert it and then and it's just – Yeah. I'm – for me, this really comes a lot down to just the fact that I don't like trial games like that. Like even mm. even Phoenix Wright, which does a better job of this than Danganronpa um, and having the – the counters and objections make a bit more sense. Right. Um, 
Also, I would argue I prefer the giant objection graphic from that to the break that Makoto does in this, but that's Mm -hmm. beside the point. Um, But yeah, I think that I have a very hard time following the, this is the logic we expect you to use. There were a few where I remember like just thinking like, I must be shooting it wrong. I must not be hitting the word or something like that. I was like, no, because I know in my head that this piece of evidence refutes that. Or it's just like, I just have this piece of evidence that closes all this out, but I need to wait until the right point. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree that the system that is, I think, kind of tenuous already really breaks when it comes down to, all right, well, here's like the seven truth bullets that they gave me. Plus, maybe it's not even any of those. And it's something that someone says at one point, And it, I agree. It, that's the big part where I was like, oh, this is, this is too much, um, the mini, just in general, the mini games in the class trial get frustrating. Yeah, I mean the insertion of the mini, the insertion of the like mini game inside the mini game, right, with the rhythm game for oh my like God. the bullet time the battles. First time bullet time battle came up, I was like, "What am I doing? I don't understand." <laughs> like I didn't understand the instructions; it didn't make sense to me. So I was just like, "Do I click now?" They're not <laughs> now. It is not well explained. Yeah, I didn't know. Like everything about the first class trial was so overwhelming for me. <laughs> I remember it very clearly because I was sitting down for dinner with like my cousin i was like with him and i was just so perplexed by what i was supposed to do and he was so like confused by why i was making all these weird sounds (laughs) (laughs) it's just not that i like take consoles to dinner every night or anything like that no it's not at all no i'm social i talk to my family (laughs) um but yeah it was was just i did not know what i was doing at all and I was not. And then every trial after it, they're like, "Oh, do you want to hear about this new thing we introduced?" And you, like, no. you groan audibly and then click yes, and then assume you wouldn't know anything at the end of the explanation. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely awkward. It. I don't. I unfortunately though, I think I might even still agree with your comment, Justin. That it's probably implemented about as well as you can. I. Yeah, I mean, they could have just had less. But then that's the thing where it's like, okay, so by the third trial, you've introduced all of the things about the trial, and then the, the rest of them are less interesting yeah, yeah. because there is not some new gimmick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely kind of hard to say. I think that I think that that's the big thing. Conceptually, there's a lot of really great stuff here, and I think the fact that we've spent this entire episode talking very much about the characters and the story and the themes and the art direction and all that stuff, and very little time talk, talking about the... Uh, the moment-to-moment gameplay, what does it feel like to play the game, yeah. is very much indicative of the fact that the moment-to-moment gameplay is something you put up with in order to get more of the characters and the story and the themes. and the Right. I mean, it is, you know, at the heart of it, it's a visual novel, yeah. right? Yeah. And the gameplay isn't awful because if it was bad enough, it wouldn't make up for, yeah. you yeah. know, getting the interesting and amusing story. And I still enjoyed the class trials. Like, they were fun. I mean, I Yeah, overall, I yeah. liked yeah. them. Yeah, I agree. It's... Investigations were fun also. I think the I investigations, think investigations are, are more fun. Yeah, I think the investigations are where the the gameplay shines. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that that gives you kind of that best mix of, I feel like I'm doing something as opposed to just reading text, but I'm also advancing the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm also, like, getting these moments and, yeah, things like that. I think that that's all, that works really well. I was so stressed out during the first investigation because Monokuma says something like, you have a certain amount of time to do to spend however you like or yeah. whatever doing this. It, it would have been yeah. interesting if there was an actual time limit, but I think that would have been like too conducive to frequent failure. Yeah, right. Yeah. Where you just like wouldn't be, you wouldn't end up getting to everything in time. 
a yeah. lot of the time. It would have to be the kind of thing that involves a shorter trial and less evidence to find. Like, you'd have yeah. to bring the whole thing down so it didn't suck to play it, like, ten times. Mm-hmm. But, which is the kind of thing that I would love to see, because I love that kind of thing where you play the game ten times, which is why I love 999. <laughs> um, which but, has 27 endings. No, 999 only has, like, five. Yeah. It, Virtue's Last Reward has a lot. But that's the one where they fix it and they don't make you replay the entire game every time. Right. This is what I'm talking about, right? Where the first they, – they make it a better game by making it so you don't have to replay the entire game every time <laughs> you want to get a new ending. But at the same time, it was so cool that you had to replay the entire game. <laughs> anyway. Um, but – so I feel like the the monochromatic teddy bear left in the room for this whole thing is is Monokuma. Oh my god! I badly want a Monokuma plush. Yeah, I mean that's what this game is is it's just meant marketing for, for okay, just to sell you Monokumas. They yeah. don't have, like Chunsoft doesn't actually make almost any money off of their games. It's all Monokuma merchandise, which is why they they prioritize Danganronpa over Virtues or over uh, Zero Escape. Honestly, though, I think that that's that's a true statement. Yeah, um, I mean that's like half joke and like yeah. yeah. I want Junko's hair clips with the Monokuma hair. Oh my god! Yeah. I want just all everything. <laughs> I want all the merchandise. It's like, I don't even buy into merch a lot, and I want a Monokuma of some kind. Yeah. He's so great. Oh, it, my God. It's, he's the one where, I'll say this, I think that Monokuma, as many issues I have with the fact that the tone in this game is kind of all over the place, I think that Monokuma is the thing that ties it all together just right. Where yep. even when the game is super bleak, Monokuma is out there and wacky in the right way. Yep. Whereas when you get yeah. to Robo Justice in Chapter Three, and suddenly you've got like this robot that's going around killing people, supposedly, mm-hmm. like that's the one where like that's too much. But I think that Monokuma is the perfect just like juxtaposition of like that wacky mascot running the show to yeah, and now you kill each other, <laughs> and now oh yeah, there's been a murder. I'm gonna like joke about this stuff, and oh yeah, I wrote a fake suicide note, and you are all getting all sappy and blah 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 blah. And, I mean, even, like, later on, where it's just, like, where someone makes a comment was like, oh, yeah, like, how did you, like, take away our memories? It's just like, oh, I don't know. Is it hypnosis? Does Like, is that not realistic enough? Would you believe it if I said I, like, open up your brains? And it's just the developers saying, like, we're not very gonna, explicitly, it's like, yeah. We're not going to give you an answer. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like, it, it feels it like they had matter, a discussion yeah. about this. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. feels like they had a discussion about this, and their response was, what if we just had Monokuma, like, read you the notes of our discussion? Yeah. <laughs> Monokuma also is like he breaks the fourth wall all the time. Yep. Even in, in remember in school mode, like one of the first things he says is like he re- references having been destroyed in the prologue and in like chapter five or whenever that was. And the, all the characters are like, "What are you talking about?" Because they, they don't have any memory of yeah, like the, your first playthrough of the game, but he just knows everything because he's fucking Monokuma. Right. Ugh. Transcends all reality. He's so that voice, the Japanese voice, is so fucking cute. I can't stand it. I found the voice was a little grating in English. I found, at yeah, times. I, I, I would got, agree. I got a little, yeah, but but you do get at the end of every chapter. You just I found myself it's like a weird Pavlovian thing where I was just like getting really excited for him. It's like the Monokuma file. <laughs> I was like, ah, yes, that's what I've been waiting for. And then his by the end, when the... they got real out there, just like everything else, yeah, and his role in all the executions, yeah, like he's so yeah. excited. I'll say this: I think that the executions peaked with like the first one like for whatever it is something about uh i always forget his name 
Leon? Uh, Leon, yeah. yeah. Getting, like, bludgeoned to death by, like, a million baseballs. Yep. Like, that was the one where it's, like, again, like, that's the one where it's still, like, in that... Dark and bleak. Yeah. It's dark and bleak, but it's also wacky because Monokuma's there, and it is, like, kind of weird. But it also, like, feels kind of grounded in reality, and that was the one where I was just like, holy shit, this is really dark. Yeah. And, and then, then, I mean, the, the second one Mondo's was the, like, yeah, the, the bike, weird the wheel bike the thing, and he, like, and it's yeah. electrocuted and, and he turns, turns into, into butter. Turned into butter. Mondo butter. Yeah. I didn't get that. I imagine that it maybe worked better in Japanese. <laughs> like, that might have been, like, a reference to something, or, I felt like, that it must be a reference yeah. that just went way over my head. Yeah. And then, uh, so then the third one was... Celeste in, like, the, the fire. Witch, the, the burning right, of the burning witch of Versailles. But then he crashes a fire truck into her. Yeah. yeah. It's just, like... Irony, I guess. Nah. But... Right. And then the, the fourth one is the... Four was good. The, um... Is that where they just crush Alter Ego? That's where he... Yeah. Yeah. And, which is great because oh, you've God. forgotten that Alter Ego was, like, up to stuff. And then he's like, oh, but we still have an execution. And you're like, wait, what's going on? And then yeah. you just see Alter Ego and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> when you Shit. realize, like... But then he just, like, crushes it with an ex- excavator, right? Yeah, which is not a great ending, but the the good thing about that is just, like, that twist of, like, oh, yeah. shit, yeah. Um, Makoto's is, like, really underwhelming. Yeah. yeah. He's just forced to sit in a desk for five minutes until he gets crushed. Yeah. But then when Alter Ego shows up to save him, yeah. sacrificing himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I have to say, like, out of all the chapters, the most emotion because I get very emotionally attached to characters in any game, even if it is a- as absurd as this. Maybe particularly because it's this absurd. But other than, like, Sakura's suicide in order to kind of, like, save everybody from killing each other, which right. was, you know, very sad. Um, especially because she was so close to Hina. But Chihiro and Mondo, because they weren't just, they like, ugh. Also because I had decided these are going to be my friends now. <laughs> right. And then they both died. Uh, it was, that one I felt was very well developed. Like that was a good story arc. That was good. Oh yeah. Yeah. Especially if you spent time talking to both of them. Yeah. I, I very much agree. I think that both of those go through and you know, it problems that we've addressed are for sure there, but it's those things aside, it does work really well. They have a good relationship with each other and yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so man, this game is weird as balls. Yeah, I mean, I, what it it's weird. It's out there. The it's the the tone is, I guess, like I mean, you can call it wildly inconsistent almost because it just completely turns around in the middle. But it's it's also just sort of like consistently entertaining. Yeah, it's it it definitely has its flaws, and they're just really easy to overlook. Because of how much fun you can kind of have with it. And the overarching story is, like, also just crazy over the top and, and really kind of insane. And that just doesn't matter all that much because it's yeah. so much fun. Yeah, it really is way out there in a fun way. Like, it's it's not, like, great literature or anything like that. But it's, it really is fun to, like, pick at and discover over the course of the entire time that you're going to spend with the game. It's one of those things that games do really well, right? It's like this is something that you might spend 20 hours with. And so if you can get little bits of this over the course of those 20 hours and then you're thinking about it when you're not playing it, it, it does a really good kind of slow re- slow burn reveal on mm-hmm. the kind of the deeper secrets. Yeah. So, I mean, certainly not flawless, but yeah, great despite. Um, 
I think that this has a long history as a cult classic. Yeah. Like it's it already is that, but I think that it's gonna that's not something that's gonna go away. This is gonna be the kind of thing where like, you know, twenty years from now there's still gonna be those people who are just like, Oh man, fucking dang it, Rampa. Uh no yeah, boy. so I I think we can all conclude that we we definitely recommend Danganronpa. Yeah. If any of what we've said so far appeals to you and you haven't already played it and the game sounds interesting, yeah, just definitely. Honestly, like, our spoiler discussion kind of went into the spoilery... I think we hit all the major points, but there's still a lot to discover for yourself yeah, even all if the you characters. haven't played the game yet. Just experiencing it all is, yeah. is well worth it. Yeah. All the characters have, like, their own unique backstories that you uncover, uncover through talking to the... Like, the dating sim section of the game, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I will warn you... The soundtrack will be stuck in your head forever. Like, right throughout talking, I've had the fucking bullet time battle music going on the entire time. Like, I hear it over your guys' voices. It's just haunting me forever. We'll just slip it into the podcast very, very quietly. Yeah. And mine is always the Monokuma theme. That bum, 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 bum. So, yeah, find Danganronpa. Play it. Play Danganronpa 2. Wait excitedly for Danganronpa 3. Yeah. yeah. If you want to watch the anime, but watch it after you play the game, because the anime is basically an abridged version of the game. Yeah. I mean, if you're definitely not going to play the game, the anime is also really good. good. Yeah. It, and it covers everything. So it's thir- it's a 13 episode season. Uh, On Hulu. Yes. Yeah. Man, right. we got to start getting people to pay us for all these. Seriously. <laughs> we just have to call Chunsoft, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, guys, we know you're already small. So, yeah, know. it Can doesn't we- take much. I just want a Monokuma <laughs> plush. I'm yeah, happy. I'll send, be happy with send us that. each a Monokuma plush, and like we'll talk about every one of your games on the podcast if you send them to us. Yeah, we do it for merch. Perfect. <laughs> All right, we'll cut this part out, and then we'll call Chet Soft. We'll, <laughs> we'll say that part again. Sounds good on the phone. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for listening. We hope you had a good time. We had a really good time doing this one. I think this is a good one. Um, definitely come back next week when we uh, not next week next episode. Definitely come back next episode when we uh, talk about all of our kids killing kids stuff together. I think it's going to be another really good one. I'm really excited to record that. Um, Anyway, until then, thank you so much. 